Like I said, we're in the part two of our prayer series, but we also want to give one last shout out. For the first time ever, will you welcome our Facebook live crowd? We're excited to have you guys with us today. So, so whether you can be in the room or whether you get to watch us online, we're glad to have you as well. So as this prayer series kicks off, I just want you to know my prayer for you. And I'm going to totally steal a prayer from Paul. He said it a whole lot better than I could ever say it. So throughout the entire month of May, here is my heart for you all as we walk through this. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Here's his prayer for that early church, the same prayer I'm having for you as we walk through this. He says, I pray that out of his, Jesus says, out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power with power through the, his Holy Spirit that is in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I also pray that you being rooted and established in love may have, we see that word again, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, that's us, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love, it surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There's a couple of themes in there that really speaks to that power being strengthened by his power, that it would be his power in us. Man, that's what we wanna be able to tap into. See, prayer is more than just a conversation with God. It is more than just talking to God and just listening. We're tapping into a, an amount of power that we cannot get from anything or anyone else. And he wraps up the prayer like this. And if you've been around me long enough, you've heard me mention this, verse 20. He ends the prayer by saying, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let that sink in. To him, to Jesus, who we're praying to, who we're listening to, who's listening to us. It's him who is able to do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. And it's according to, again, his power, but that it's at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's my prayer for you that you would experience the power that comes when we come to him, that we are strengthened by his power, that we see him do immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine, that you see his power actually work within you. That's my prayer for you, that we would pray and see that come true. See, the power that's in prayer, the power that you hear Paul talk about and throughout the rest of scriptures, the power has very little, I would say, really has nothing to do with the person praying. It doesn't really have much to do with us. It's not the right words. It's not how long this prayer needs to be. It's not getting the prayer in the right order of everything. It's we come to God, God all-knowing, God all-powerful, God the creator of the universe. He actually is the one listening to us. So when we pray to him, the power of prayer, the power that's in prayer is all about who we're praying to. That's where we tap into that power in prayer. It's not the words that we say. It's not us. It's not the mood we create when we try to pray. It's not how long our prayers are. It's the fact that we're praying to God Almighty, God all-powerful. The power of prayer is in who we're praying to. Now, I believe that with all my heart. I would venture to guess most of you would say, yeah, I believe that, or I'm, I'm working on believing that. And if that's true, then why do we have such a hard time praying more? Right? And that's not to make anybody feel bad. That's not a guilt trip at all. I'm in the same boat. I would say, I wish I prayed more. Most Christians would say, I wish I prayed more. Of course, I would like to pray more. If I asked you, would you like to see prayer more evident in your life? Well, sure, who wouldn't? But there's so many things that get in our way. So if we really believe in the power of prayer, then why do we tend to give prayer a backseat? 
Here's a couple of the reasons why I think it happens in my life. Now, you might relate to these or not. This is just me personally as I've kind of evaluated my current prayer life. Here's what gets in the way of my prayers. First of all, sometimes it's just straight up boredom. You start to pray and you kind of get bored and you're ready for something new and you're like, you know what, Jesus, let's hit a timeout. I'm gonna go get a snack and we'll just go from there. And you kind of forget to come back, don't you? So sometimes boredom plays into it. Sometimes you fall asleep. Have you ever done that? You're like, you know what, I'm gonna save all my prayers for the end of the day because there's a lot that's gonna happen during my day. So I, I, get, I go to bed and I'm like, all right, Lord, it's me and you. Dear Heavenly Father. And we just, we're just out. We're just totally out. Now, I will say, I used to feel bad about that. I had someone look at me and say, Brian, there's not a better place to be than falling asleep with prayer because it's almost like you're falling asleep in the arms of your dad. I'm like, dude, that's kind of cool. But still, we have to remember to pray. So as cool as that might sound, we still can't constantly fall asleep when we're praying. Sometimes we have the ADD prayers, the distractions, don't we? We start to pray, God, if you'll just help me through my day today. And man, we're really busy, so we have soccer and we're trying to figure this out. And Speaking of soccer, did am I picking him up or is my wife picking him up? I need to text her. No, I'm driving. I will hands-free call her right now. And then all of a sudden, guess what? We never remember to circle back around. We get distracted. We start praying through things, and we get distracted by all of those things, and we end up forgetting. So maybe you get distracted by prayers. I would say there's even a level of awkwardness with our prayers. Now, being a pastor, one of the unintentional responsibilities that I bear is anytime I go to a family's house, every time I go to a friend's house, when I'm at our civic organizations in the community, if I'm hanging out with any one of you for lunch or dinner and everybody stops before they eat and they all look to me. And I'm like, y'all can do that too, you know? Like, it's not just me. You know that, right? But no, 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 pastor, we want you to to bless this food. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then we do the hold hands thing. Some of you, that freaks you out already. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't want some clammy, sweaty hand touching me. Some of you are germaphobes and you got your Purell ready to go right afterwards. And so you start praying. And, and as we're praying, you'll notice that everybody's a little different when they pray out loud, right? It, you just turn into somebody that you normally don't really talk with. It's, oh, heavenly father, we thank you. You got the head shake? I never understood this head shake. It's like, we thank you. It should be this one. Then you get some people that the more intense the prayer gets, they start squeezing a lot harder. Have you noticed that? Oh God, you have been so good to us. And the people, ah, don't be so good. Don't be so good. (laughs) You've got awkward environments of prayer sometimes where you really don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. How am I supposed to say it? Man, praying even out loud is just kind of weird. So we have all these reasons, but I think one of the main ones that I struggle with increasing prayer in my life is just straight up forgetting. Life is full of just stuff, and we forget, don't we? Sometimes we think about it on the back end. We're like, oh, that would have been good to pray through. Well, next time I'll try to do better. Which, again, there's nothing wrong. I'm not trying to place the guilt trip or anybody feel ashamed because start where you're at. But here's my hope is that you pray more is that through this series, not just because of what we talk about for 25 to 30 minutes on a Sunday, but you pray more because you understand the power that's in prayer. That when you understand who you're praying to, who is listening to you, who is speaking to you, then you recognize the importance of it and also the power that comes with it, the strength that comes with it. So man, I hope you pray more. I hope you pray more, not just in quantity, but I hope you believe more in the power of prayer. Hope that you become more strengthened because of the increase of prayer in your life. I hope you pray with more authenticity. I pray you pray with more intentionality. 
I pray that you just flat out pray more, that that would become more evident in our life. Because when we recognize the power that's in prayer because of who we're praying to, may it drive us to just constantly be praying more and more and more. So start wherever you're at. It's a great place to start. And what does it look like to begin to pray more in your life? So I want to help with that. Like I said, if that's what I'm hoping for, I'm not just going to tell you to do it and just wish you do it. I'm going to help. So that's what the next month is for. I think if I can do two things for you on a Sunday, it's going to help you increase your prayer life throughout the week. The first one is to just help you remember. That's why dinnertime prayers are so helpful, especially if you've got little kids. It's just a reminder. Every time we eat, we're going to pray. It's why we teach our kids, our little kids, those little God is great, God is good, now let's eat this food type prayers, right? It's not because, man, that's the most holy prayer I've ever heard. It's to help them remember, hey, we're going to pray while we eat, and here's a starting point. So those are, those are great, but let's not just end it there. It's those bedtime prayers. Oh, let's pray before we go to bed. Try not to fall asleep this time. Those are great because they help us remember. So I want to do that for you. I want to help you remember to pray. So I've got two ways that I'm going to help with that. The first one is what you hear if you've been here before, what I talk about every single Sunday probably. Grab this card out. Like physically actually do it because usually you don't. So I'm going to actually make you do it. Grab this card, grab this card, and if you're watching online, I want you to use the comments because we got people on there ready to talk and pray with you. So here's what I'm going to have you do. Every Sunday for the next month, I'm just asking you to do this the month of May. And let's be honest, most of you will be here one or two times this month, so it's not that much of an ask. It was a little jab. Did you catch it? All right, good. I know, you don't have to like me for it. Here's what I'm going to ask. Every time that you are here on a Sunday for the month of May, as we go through this prayer series, will you actually write down something you are praying for or about? And let us do that with you. Myself, our team, we want to pray with you and for you. So just every time that you're on a Sunday, it doesn't have to be some long prayer. It's like, we're praying for this. This is going on in my life. Here's what we're praying happens. Here's a person in my life that we're praying for. Just write something down. If you don't want to put your name on it, you do not have to put your name on it. But we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. It's going to get you in the habit of praying, even if it's just one time on a Sunday. That's a great start. So give us that opportunity. So write something down now. And if you're online, make sure you're writing it in the comments and we'll be able to pray for you. So write these down for us. That's the first one. Now that's really only helpful on a Sunday morning, isn't it? Because we're only here on Sunday mornings. So here's one that if you will give me permission for the next seven days, I would like to personally remind you every single day. And I'll shoot you a text. Here's what I've got for you. Let me put this up on the screen. We're gonna text you. If you'll opt into it, we will text you just one time a day. Not, did you pray yet? Did you pray yet? How about now? Did you forget? It's not going to be one of those things. If you'll opt in, we will text you one time a day with just a simple but also specific prayer reminder or prayer prompt. So tomorrow morning around 9 o'clock, if you opt in, you'll get a text that says something along the lines of, stop what you're doing and thank God for breath in your lungs today. So it's a simple prayer. It's going to take you 10 seconds. Most of them are going to be specific enough. You're going to have to add a little context to them. Pray for your family. Pray for the decisions you have coming up. It's going to give you a specific prompt to pray. You can do it while you're on the road, but you shouldn't be texting anyway. Here's what it is. So text pray today, one word, no spaces. Don't, it doesn't have to be capital or not. Pray today to this number, 678 944 8690. Take a picture of it. If you don't know how to text really quick in service, that's fine. Or get your phone out and just do it real quick. You can do it right now. You'll opt in, and then every day for the next seven days, you'll get one reminder a day to just pray. And that helps us get into the routine of it. The routine of it. We'll put this on social media as well, so if you missed it, we make sure that you can opt in. If we, if we convict you too much, and if you really don't like praying every single day, then you can opt out and just hit stop at any point, and we will not bother you to pray anymore. But it's an opportunity to remember 
So again, I think we'll pray more if we remember. I think we'd pray more if we knew how. We get, we get a little intimidated, don't we? By, well, what am I supposed to pray? And how am I supposed to pray? How long do I have to pray? So I'll try to remind you as best as I can, but what we'll talk through the rest of this series is to give you the confidence to pray. That the words that you use, the words that you speak, God Almighty, God All-Powerful is listening to you. So that's what we're going to look at. How do we pray? I want to help you look at two conversations this morning. And that's what prayer is, right? It's a conversation. And depending on the environment we're in, depending on our life situation or circumstance, that conversation sounds a little bit different. The conversation I have with my family around the dinner table is a little bit different than the conversation I have when we're in the car and everybody's screaming and yelling in the back seat. So the conversations you have with God are going to be different depending on what's going on in your life. That's the point. It's real. It's authentic. It's your prayer. So we're going to look at two conversations that the Old Testament prophet Elijah has with God, two prayers that he prays and how that's going to help us better understand how we can pray and the confidence to build our confidence and how we can also and maybe how we even should begin to pray. Simple but significant. Maybe easy to pray, but it's powerful when we're praying to God Almighty. So here's the scene that we have to set up. Elijah, like I said, Old Testament prophet. Prophet's a fancy word for he was God's messenger. So people would disobey God. They would follow some other false gods. God would send Elijah, go tell them what they're doing is wrong, tell them how to fix it, tell them what they need to do instead. That was Elijah's job. The king of the time, King Ahab, terrible king, evil king, did not follow God at all. In fact, he followed false gods or one by the name of Baal, false gods. So Elijah came to the king and said, you're doing it wrong. You're not following the one true God. We have to fix that. You need to change. You need to lead God's people back to the true God. He said, so I'm here to help you and everybody else see who the true God is. So he kind of comes up with this competition. Here's what happens. Here's the competition he begins to put in place. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left. Everybody else has gone and followed this false God named Baal. He says, but Baal has 450 prophets. Elijah's idea Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves. Let them cut it into pieces, put it on the altar, on the wood, but not set fire to it. Elijah says, I'll, pre I'll prepare the other bull. Put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Here it is. Then you call on the name of your God. I'll call on the name of my God, the Lord God. The God who answers by fire, he's God. So here's the story that we're getting what happens when we pray to God? Does he answer? Because Elijah's going out on a limb saying, okay, we're gonna see who's the one true God. We're gonna call on the name of the Lord. Well, I'm gonna call on my God. You're gonna call on your God. The God who answers prayer, he's the one true God. So that's what they do. The king has his prophets. They get all of their stuff set up. Elijah gets his stuff set up. And then if you keep reading through this part in 1 Kings 18, you see those prophets, those false prophets, uh, those prophets that are following the false god, they start calling out to Baal. Oh, Baal, please hear our prayers. Baal, would you rain down fire for us? And of course, he's not there. He's not real, so nothing happens. So Elijah starts to do something really funny. Read through it. It's great. He begins to taunt them. He begins to say, maybe he's on vacation. Maybe your god's on vacation. Just give him a little bit longer. You need to keep praying, keep praying. Scripture says that they were praying from morning till noon. And then Elijah taunts some more, says, maybe he just can't hear you. Maybe he's a little further out. Pray a little louder so he can actually hear you. So they start screaming and yelling. You got, you got to get his attention. He's not paying attention yet. It goes on and on and on. It happens all day. And then Elijah's turn comes. 
want you to hear his prayer. It's gonna help us know how we should pray. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Here's his prayer. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God, that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. You said that prayer before? God, I need you to answer me. He says it twice. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. Show up. I need you right now. Answer me, Lord. Answer me. So that these people will know that you are Lord, that you are God, and that they are turning their hearts back to you again. He's not loud about it. He's not long-winded about it. It is a pretty simple prayer that taps into the power that he knows is in his God. God, I just need you to answer me. I need you to show up in a way that cannot be explained by anything or anyone else other than it's you. So here's the answer he gets, verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell and cried on the ground, the Lord, he is God. They said it again, the Lord, he is God. You talk about God showing up and answers Elijah in a huge way. Two things we can look at Elijah's prayer on. He said, answer me, Lord, answer me. I need you to rain down fire so people know you are God. Two things about that prayer we can learn from. It's big and it's very specific. <laughs> it is a huge prayer and it is extremely specific. He said, God, I need you to rain fire down onto that altar. Go and see what happens. It's a huge prayer. That's unbelievably specific. And I think in our prayers typically, and I'll admit to this, typically my prayers are pretty small and generic. They're the opposite of big and specific, aren't they? If I think back through my last week of some of those small and generic prayers that you probably prayed to, we say things like, God be with me today. And I feel like God's saying, I've already promised you that, like multiple times. Like, you know that. Why are you still asking for it? Of course, I'm, I am everywhere at all times. Of course, I'm gonna be with you. So we kind of have these generic prayers that are just like, be with me. We say things like, God, help me get through my day today. And I feel like God's saying like, okay, like anything specific in your day you want help with or you just want to like survive your day. <laughs> then we go back to the food thing. We love praying around food, don't we? I mean, it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and you know, bedtime snack prayers. And so we get around and we, we pray for food, don't we? We say something along the lines of, God, bless this food. Which I feel like God is kind of thinking like, I like where you're going with this. I like that you're stopping and praying, but, but that's it. I feel like God is looking at saying, that's all you, you're wanting. You're talking to the God of the universe and you're asking, be with me, help me get through my day and bless your food. You're eating donuts. What do you want me to do with that? <laughs> we feel like if, as long as I bless this food, that somehow from the donut to my stomach, it turns into something healthy. So we say, Lord, bless this food because without your holy touch, it's gonna probably kill me at some point. So Lord God Almighty, in all of your power, bless this food. What, what, how generic can you get? And I feel like God is just pleading with us, give me something bigger. That's it? That's all you wanna talk with me about? Give me something big. Give me something specific so that when he answers, there is no doubt in our minds or in anybody else's minds that it was God who showed up and it's God who is Lord. Oftentimes our prayers might be answered 
but they could be explained away. Oh, it was luck. Oh, it was just a good team and we worked it through. Instead of it being, wow, this doesn't happen unless God shows up. What does it look like to have a big and specific prayer in your life where you need God to answer? You need God to show up in a major way. Now, let me say this about God answering those big and specific prayers. Because when we pray those big and specific prayers, we also get a little nervous. What if he doesn't answer them? Let me help you understand, God's answers very often are different than the answers we're maybe even praying for or expecting. Let me help you understand it this way. This is gonna hurt a little bit. You're not gonna, you're not gonna like how this is said, but I think it's gonna be helpful. Here's how God shows up, and this is a perspective from a gentleman, A.W. Tozier. Here's what he said. He said, we hear a Christian assure someone that he will, quote, pray over his problem, knowing full well that he intends to use that prayer as a substitute for service. That hurts a little bit, doesn't it? He goes on, he explains, he said, it's much easier to pray that a poor friend's needs may be supplied rather than to supply them for him. It hurts, doesn't it? It's like, oh, we don't wanna hear that. But man, I've seen that in my life where, oh, I'll pray for you. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We, we have good intentions and I think that's even a right first step. But oftentimes when God is going to answer prayer and when he shows up, he might say, yes, I'm gonna answer that. And yes, I'm gonna show up. I'm just gonna show up by sending somebody on my behalf. God's answer, answer to somebody else's prayer may be you. God's answer to your prayer may be somebody else coming into your life. Instead of just, God, I need you to rain fire down from heaven. He most certainly can. But as we see, he often brings people alongside. He sends people on his behalf. I can tell you right now, I promise you, we have an incredible volunteer leadership team here at the church and they lead our parking teams and our kids teams and student teams, our guest services, production, all this different stuff. And I promise you right now, those team leads are praying for something. They are saying, Lord God, answer me. Lord God, I need you to show up. And you know what they're praying for? More volunteers. So check this out. I'm gonna, we have the potential to just answer a bunch of prayers, like right here, right now. It's gonna be a miracle across this entire campus. You know what's gonna happen? Is if somebody says, hey, I'll, I'm gonna join the parking team. You're gonna see the parking team get down there. And he's gonna say, Lord God, you provided. You have answered my prayers. Because somebody showed up and said, hey, God's sending me to do this. There's probably somebody in one of our toddler rooms right now which just, just imagine that for a second. Think of how many of you there are and think of how many toddlers there probably are. And there is a toddler volunteer worker right now saying, Lord God, if you are real in any sense of the word, please have me some help next week. And for somebody to say, man, I'll, I'll help out in our kids' ministry area once a month, man, that would be a huge answer to prayer. In fact, I'm gonna challenge us as a church would you be willing, if you're not currently serving, would you serve just for the summer so you could be an answer to the people's prayers that are currently praying for a vacation right now? <laughs> we would like a week or two off. I wanna be able to go and spend some time with my family and go visit, but we need people to fill in some of those gaps. Be an answer to somebody else's prayers. It's why we connect with all of our local partners, Faithbridge with foster care. You can be an answer to a child's prayer that needs a place to stay, needs a mom and dad for a time. Jump in with Faithbridge. Meals by Grace, you saw the big container when you walked in this morning where they help provide meals to kids and families that don't have the resources to provide for themselves. You are an answer to their prayers when they are simply praying for food. God shows up and he shows up through you. It's amazing what happens when we are the answer sometimes. So 
don't get discouraged when that answer is not what you thought it was. I thought God was gonna show up, and God said, I did show up. I just sent someone in my place. So that's Elijah's first prayer. What did we learn about it? It was two things. It was a very what? It was a big prayer, and it was very specific. A big prayer and specific instead of small and generic. Now, an incredible answer to prayer. We can't deny that. God sent fire down from heaven, burned up the whole altar. Everybody else said, wow, God, you are actually who you say you are. Now, because of that, remember we talked about the evil king that didn't follow God? He gets upset. His wife even gets upset. And they put out a hit on Elijah. They say, we're coming for you. And Elijah's like, I just showed you who the real God was. And they're like, we don't care. You've messed everything up. So they start chasing Elijah and they are going to kill Elijah. So look at what happens next. Here's gonna come Elijah's second prayer. First Kings chapter 19, verse three. This is after he prayed and God answered. He saw an entire nation start to come to know God again. Verse three, Elijah was, what's it say? He was afraid. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He goes from seeing God answer an incredible, specific, huge prayer to now running, literally running for his life. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there. Remember that, we're gonna come back to it. When he came to Beersheba and Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush and he sat down under it and prayed, here's his second prayer. He prayed that he might die. How do we... How do you go from one prayer to the other? So prayer is a conversation dependent on the situation and life stage and life situation you find yourself in. God, answer me. Do something big, do something specific and all the way to, God, I can't do this anymore. He prayed that God would take his life. Here's his prayer. He says, I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the tree and fell asleep. I have no doubt we've been in both of those places. Lord, I need you to answer me. God, I need you to just show up in a mighty way. I think we've also been on that side of Elijah's conversation with God. That is, I've had it. Like, I can't do this anymore. This is too much for me. I've had enough. I've got, we've got to just end it. He's experienced what I call the fatal four. The fatal four. There's four elements, four things that we walk through in life that any four of them lead us to a place where we just, we wanna call it quits. Fear, tired, discouraged, and alone. Remember that alone piece? He left his servant and he went by himself. The fatal four, let me say them again. Fear, tired, discouraged, and alone. If you at any point in your life are dealing regularly with any of those four, it will lead you to a place where you're ready to call it quits. Afraid, tired, you're exhausted, you're worn out, discouraged, you just don't feel like you can ever get ahead and you can ever start winning, like there's never a victory, there's never, there's never a true step forward, it's always steps backwards. And the loneliness. Maybe you're Marriage is one of those four. Your finances is one of those four. Any of those four, it leads you to a place where you want to call it quits. Elijah was dealing with all four of them at the same time. He was afraid and running for his life. He was tired from all the running he was doing. He was discouraged because he thought, well, God, this was supposed to be like a change to everything. Like you doing the whole fire answer prayer thing should have changed everything, but it hasn't. And he's all by himself. So he's experienced all four at the same time and he goes off by himself 
And he sits underneath what's called a, a broom bush or a broom tree. And here's what it looks like. And if you're looking for a place to go on vacation this summer, I highly recommend you find one of these. It's a great place to recline and just soak up some sun. Does it get more depressing than this? I mean, you talk about a terrible place to just go and sit. That's where Elijah goes. As he experiences all four of those fatal four, he finds himself under this broom bush slash broom tree. It's super depressing because it's like the broom bush is like, I'm too big for a bush, but I'm not big enough for a tree. I don't know what I am. And I'm all by myself in a middle of nowhere desert. Even the broom bush slash tree is depressed and discouraged. And here Elijah's underneath it saying, I've just had enough. I'm done. And he prays that he could be done. And what I love about Elijah is he's willing to just pour out his heart, doesn't he? He sits under this broom bush slash tree and he says, God, I'm just, I'm done. Sometimes it's a prayer of answer me and it's big and specific. Sometimes it's a prayer that is literally, you're just pouring out your heart to God. Pour out your heart to God in your prayers. But Elijah prayed before he quit. Don't miss that. Oftentimes we quit first. Pray before you get to quit. What's under that broom bush? Elijah was under there because he was dealing with all of those four. What's under the broom bush for you? We mentioned, is your marriage under that? Is your finances under a broom bush? Is your work? Is it your health? What is just ready to call it quits? Would you be willing to pray before you call it quits? And what's that prayer look like? God, I can't do this. Right? He says, this is just too much. I can't handle it. This is like a, I need help prayer, a help prayer, a help me prayer. Those are great prayers to pray. God, answer me. I need you to show up in a big and specific way. And then also, God, I just need you to help me. Now, let me help you understand the help me prayer. Because oftentimes we pray for help me, but we're actually asking for a handout. They're very, very different. Help me is, God, I'm down. I need you to help pull me up. Help me says, I can't, but you can. Help me says, God, I can't do this without you. I have no business trying to do this without you. But God, you are all powerful. God, you are all knowing. God, your ways are higher than mine. God, you have all the strength in the universe. So God, I can't do it on my own, but I think I can do it with you if you help me. That's a help me prayer. A handout prayer is, hey God, there's a problem, fix it. This is what I would call the toddler prayer. Right, where the parent says, well, let's work this out together. No, fix it. It's the student in class where I have a question. You know how you had to write out all your answers in math? And you're like, just give me the answer. Just do it for me. That's the handout prayer. God, I don't want to have anything to do with it. God, I don't want to have anything to do with the answer. I don't want to have anything to do with how it's solved. I just want you to fix it. And I'm going to be sitting under my broom bush slash tree until it's all taken care of. And then I'll take it from there. Do you notice the big difference between those two prayers? Help me says, I can't, but with you, I can. Handout says, I'm not even gonna try it, God. You just take care of it, let me know when you're done, and then I'll, I'll jump in. Sometimes when we pray for help, we already have a solution in mind, don't we? God, I need some help. Here's how you're gonna work this out. Instead of recognizing that, God, you might actually have a better solution than the one I've already come up with. That's what we see here. Elijah's asking for help, but he's also being specific in his prayer, saying, God, just end it now. Literally take my life. And God's like, yeah, I'm not gonna answer that prayer. I've got a better solution. I've got a better plan for you. Look at how God answers his prayer. 
All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around there and by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Elisha ate and drank and then lay down again. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. And he gives him a reason why. And I want us, we're gonna say this together in just a second. He says, for the journey's too much for you, but I want you to make that personal. Understand what God just told him. Elijah, get up, eat, go back to sleep, eat some more because you can't do this on your own. The journey's too much for you, but make that personal. I want you to say the journey's too much for me. Say it with me. The journey is too much for me. Say it one more time. The journey is too much for me. Man, that's so true. This journey called life is too much for you. It's too much for me. We can't do that on our own. It wasn't intended for us to try to do that on our own. That's why we pray for help. Say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to strengthen me through the power that I get through prayer. Remember, the power of prayer is in who we're praying to. Two very different conversations Elijah had with God. Two very, very different prayers. God, show up in a big and mighty way. And God, I can't do this on my own. I can't handle this anymore. You're gonna have to do something with me. I need to be strengthened by you because I can't physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally do this anymore. You gotta help me. Two very different conversations. Two very different prayers. Both authentic. Very genuine. Intentional specific, and big in each of their own ways. So yes, pray more. Pray a whole lot more. We're gonna help remind you. But how do you pray? With big, specific prayers. And by just pouring out your heart. When you experience those fatal four, remember, the fear, the tired, the discouragement, the loneliness, say, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. I can't take another step I can't take another breath without the power that I can only get with you through prayer. Martin Luther said it this way, of the importance of prayer, but the power that we get from it. He says, to be a Christian without praying is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Let the prayers that you pray be the very breath that fills and feeds not just your lungs, but your very soul. And every prayer you pray throughout the day, the dinner prayers, the blessed food prayers, the Jesus, you gotta show up prayers, the help me, I can't do this on my own prayers. Every prayer is God breathing life into you, breathing life into your very soul, strengthening you by the power that is only found in him and is accessed by prayer. This is usually the, the moment in the service, towards the end of the sermon, Josh comes up and Makes me sound a whole lot better by playing. Don't, I preach better with music behind me, don't I? You should, just, you should be up there the whole time next week, man. So he sets the mood, right? And usually the lights start to go down a little bit. And, and I do something in this moment where I say, let me pray for you. And we go and we sing another song and you're dismissed. We're still gonna do a lot of that, except I'm gonna do something different. There they are. I want you to pray for you. Consider this practice. Make this about you and your conversation with God all-powerful, God all-knowing, God almighty that stops and bends down to listen to you and me. That's our God. And there's power in that conversation, not because of us, but because of him 
So here's what I'm gonna encourage you to do. Beth, if you go ahead and put those up there, four prayers to begin to pray. And now I'm gonna stop talking so that you can start talking to him. Jesus, I need you and I want you in my life. Paul says in Romans 10 that if we believe in our heart, we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, that he is Savior, we will be saved. So that prayer can happen right here in this moment for you. Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. I can't do this life without you. Jesus, I need you to show up in. That's that answer me. That's that big and specific prayer. It's Jesus, help me. I can't do this on my own. But don't forget the last part. Jesus, thank you for. If you keep reading through the life of Elijah, you see a lot of thankfulness, a lot of prayers of need, a lot of prayers of gratitude. So I'm gonna be quiet so you can start in your heart being loud in the conversation between you and God all-knowing and God all-powerful.